0: What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amateur Like a TIS Is podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a jam-packed busy show for you this weekend. Recap the Bucks and the Bears, Thursday night football game, get to that, get to the Yankees. Uh, losing at the sword of the uh, and literal the literal uh, race stingray sword of the Tampa Bay Rays in the ALDS. I'll touch on on as uh, the rest of the MLB postseason field as well. And Game Five of the 2020 NBA Finals. So I got a lot to say, a lot to happen in sports the last couple of days, and we will get to it here on your favorite sport, or at least I hope it's your favorite sports talk program. Where we begin though is the Thursday night game between the between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the uh and the Chicago Bears. Bears beat the Buccaneers, in case you didn't know, twenty nineteen, Chicago somehow, some way improves the four and on, four and one on the season while the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh lose you lose their second game of the season their first loss since opening weekend against the Saints they fall to three and two on the season which if you're a Saint fan you like that uh, as far as the NFC South standings are concerned I'll get to the Buccaneers and Brady in a minute but first off let me just get, get, do a tremendous job by the Chicago Bear by the Chicago Bears defense okay first off uh Khalil Mack like he like he always does wrecked he wreaked havoc Kyle Fuller had a key, 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 very, very, very important. He put on the hit stick. Ah, you know, my men twenty one hit, put on the hit stick, and uh, and a good job by uh, Nagy and them uh, looking at that play. And you and it definitely was a catch. Took three steps, got hit, fumbled the football. So it's good job by Chicago creating turnovers. They held Tampa Bay to uh, to twenty eight a percent third down efficiency. Um, they barely averaged over five yards of play. They ran crazy on him for 106 yards, but they didn't let Brady go crazy. Brady threw five touchdown passes uh, against the Chargers last week they only held Brady to 1 this week which is very good. You didn't have Brady throw the throw the interception like he did in last week's game, but you know, and any single time you keep Tom Brady for throwing for five touchdown passes, you know, as coming off of his previous performance, that's a good job by the defense, especially when you keep Tom uh, an offense led by Tom Brady under 20 points. So we give uh so we give the Chicago Bears their due. And we give them all the credit in the world for going in, for going, or not going into, they were the home team, of course, but for uh, taking care of business against Tom Brady and the Packers. Khalil Mack two sacks in the game, or excuse me, had two tackles in the game. Um. Yeah. Yeah. He. Excuse me. Yeah. He did have two sacks in the game. I apologize. Um. And Danny Trevathan had seven tackles in the game. Kyle Fuller seven tackles, forced the fumble, of course, earlier in the game. So we give the Bears a lot of credit. You know, they put in Nick Foles. Who uh, listen? He's uh, he's one of those you know he's one of those quarterbacks where he's he's a nice flash in the pan quarterback. Is he a guy that you want to put invest all your stock in to you know to get you that's essentially a quote unquote franchise quarterback? No, but he is the quarterback that if you're struggling and your current quarterback, a la Mitch Trubisky, is 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 uh, spotty and you're looking to save your season and and try to make a playoff push as a wildcard team, which would be more realistic considering that Green Bay hasn't lost a game yet this season and Green Bay is uh, is world's better than Chicago is I I I know Chicago's only 4-1 again ge- theoretically a game behind Chicago in the NFC East standings, but we all know that, you know, if you, a game for your life, Packers versus Bears, you know, who's winning that game. But Nick Foles is a guy that can, uh, that can, that can rise your team up from the dead and ham and egg his way and and, and fight tooth and nail to get your team to a nine and seven, 10 and six record as a, as a wildcard playoff team. He did it with the Eagles back in 2018 when Wentz got hurt again, got the Eagles, got the eagles to the playoffs where they beat uh where they beat where they beat aforementioned chicago of course that was the double doink play with uh with uh, cody parkey at the end of that game and if alshon jeffrey hadn't let a ball go right through his hands and threw his hands into a saint's defender for an interception the saint the eagles could have could have made it definitely could have made it to back-to-back nfc championship games would have had to go on and play um and go on and play the Rams at at the Coliseum instead of, getting elim- instead of getting eliminated. So they were within an eyelash of making it to back to back NFC Championship games when the Eagles were led by Nick Foles in the 2018 season. And then with the Bears, they uh, they take Mr. Trubisky out, who was horrific against the Falcons. They take him out. They put uh, our our, our, our our buddy Nick Foles in the game what does he do? He does what he does best drives the Bears down the field uh, you know, make key fourth down uh, excuse me, key fourth down conversions uh, that, uh, that keeps the drives alive he puts the ball in the end zone and next thing you know, you look up and the and the Bears are are 4-1 and one on the season in this wacky 2020 year, and Nick Foles made plays when he when he needed to make them um, I like Chicago putting on that fourth, I know there's no Controversy, but I was watching again. My brother and sister, and my brother and sister sitting there. They gotta go for it, you know. Fourth and eight, fourth and eight, about two, you know, two minutes, fifty-five seconds left in the fourth quarter. He gotta go for it. He's going up against Brady. Gotta go. For I was like, no, 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 no. If they if they get a good punt out of this, they pin they pin the Buccaneers' offense back within their own twenty-yard line. Their defense has been superb all night long, and if Brady does go down the field and score. They're gonna have plenty of time left to get the ball to get the ball back because I think they had all three timeouts left, two fifty-five, so essentially four timeouts, you included two minute warning. And even if Brady goes down the field eighty yards, they're still at the minimum gonna leave at least Forty something seconds on the clock for Nick Foles and the Bears' offense to get the ball back and drive down the field and drive down the field to uh, to to match whatever Brady would have uh, would have been able to do. So so I so Chicago, you know, it wasn't pretty. Their offense, you can tell, was a little uh, a little inefficient at times, but they did what they needed to do and they brought home the goods on Thursday Night Football in front of America uh, against Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Now, having said that, let's go the other way. Tom Brady, Lord have mercy. Now, this is why, y'all saw the game. This is why people do not like and don't care for Tom Brady. Because this is why. This guy's sitting up there cussing out his offensive line. Okay? Cussing them out. I mean, to the point where I look on social media and everyone's calling Tom Brady essentially the NFL, the NFL's Karen. You know those old Karen thing, them, them. Uh, for the most part, those middle-aged white women that that got nothing better to do than to call the police on people, essentially just living their normal everyday lives, and they basically call, it's with Brady. So, and I don't want to hear the argument. Well, if you you've never played sports, if you think that it's that it's abnormal for Brady because of cussing two teammates, I said, hold on. Okay, if, no, let me stop you in your tracks right there. Okay, first off, okay, I get yelling at you, t- I get that, but you cannot, if you're Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback who's ever in the hist- in the 100-year, 100 101 season of the National Football League, you can cuss out your teammates, that's fine. Let's just make sure that your house is in a row, that your ducks are in a, in a row, and your house is in order, and all of your I's are dotted, and your T's are crossed. Because Tom Brady's eyes were not dotted and his teeth were not crossed at the end of the game, when he didn't know what down it was, he didn't know what down it was. He did not know what down it was. So I got Brady cussing out his teammates on national television in front of everybody, and then he and then he essentially makes the the uh, you know the uh, went for the juggler with his with his with his uh, blunder. And he don't know how many freaking downs there were. You got the earpiece in your ear. They got the down. They got the down on the sideline. They got it up in the scoreboard at Soldier Field. It's all come on, Brady. Wake up. Now listen. I understand, Father Time. I get that. I, my dad's a year younger than Brady, so he forgets the simple things every now and again. I don't. Pre- I don't press him. I don't hold him for it. It's a part of life. It's, a, it's the aging process we're we're not i don't care who you are we don't live on this earth forever if twenty if twenty twenty starts has taught us anything is that we do not live forever whether it's the fact that people out there listening you've had family members or friends or people that you've known that passed away from covid the situations with uh with uh, with uh, George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, as far as the police brutality is concerned, or even before COVID, in this whole even before COVID even start, when you had when Kobe passed away, when Kobe and this thirteen year old girl passed away back in uh, the last Saturday of January. So, again, so and then, Tom, and then for Tom Brady and Bruce Arians to sit up there in the press conference after the game and in so our intelligence, Brady essentially not admitting, and this is where everyone gets turned off about Brady. He's so arrogant, he's so cocky, and he's so narcissistic and full of himself that he doesn't essentially have the kahunas to stand up in front of America. Say, Guys, you know what? I I I I I I my brain it. I didn't know what down it was. Instead, he doesn't deny it. He doesn't deny it, and he doesn't essentially come full and clean and honest and truthful. Which is another reason why my, why people and rightfully so think he deflated the footballs because because when when it comes to li- these little controversial. Head scratcher moments with Brady. He never gives you a full, clut honest, honest to God answer. He's he's like James Brown. He's shuffling, tap dancing around. Tom, just just come clean. Be a man. Show some guts. Just come clean. Just be. A-. You didn't know what down it was. Anna and then Bruce Aarons after the game, when he gets asked, "What well, did Tom Brady know what down it?" Oh, he knew. No, he Bruce, he's standing there with four fingers up, daring the headlights. Dumbfounded with it four fingers up, thinking that that, that that incompletion of Cameron Bray was third down, thinking that the next play was a fourth down. So, hey, the Bruce, Bruce said, Yeah, he knew. Bruce, what do you think? We're stupid. Stop insulting our intelligence. Brady did not know what down it was. If he's standing there looking towards the sideline, daring the headlights with four fingers up, he didn't know what freaking down it was. And I'll give it crap when he tried to trick the official. Nonsense. He did not know the down. I don't understand what's so hard to, to, to admit that. He didn't know. He did not know what down it was. So for Bruce and here and, and insult the media and a football fan watching the game's intelligence, it is mind boggling. And Tom Brady again, not being full, not being truthful with himself and being truthful with the people watching the game. Brady, sh- have the balls. You didn't know what down it was. It's not the end. I mean, it cost you the game, but it's not the end of the world. Tell so, or what we're trying to get a trunk chunk play. Nonsense. You didn't know what freaking down it was, Brady. Stop. My goodness, and then, and then and then and then because Brady's all pissed off because Nick Foles kicked his ass the second straight uh, game in a row between those two in front of a nationally televised audience. He doesn't shake hands with Nick Foles after the game. And I don't hear none of this nonsense. Well, it was COVID. I heard my uh football coach, Coach Johnson, bring this up bring bring this up to me on Thursday night. Well, COVID, and because I tweeted out, and I'll get to it later in the show, ways how the NFL can stop these COVID outbreaks and uh, these outbreaks popping all over the place. And he's like, "Well," I was like, "No, please," because I tweeted that out this time last Saturday night. Tom Brady and the Bucs beat the, beat the Chargers. I saw him. He took the knee and every single Charger defender that came within his vicinity of where Brady was, he dacked him up, shook his hand, and gave, and gave him a bro hug. So I don't hear none of this, COVID my ass. Nonsense. He's all pissed off and he's all bent out of shape because Nick Foles kicked his ass for the second straight time on, on nationally televised, uh, na- on a nationally tele- televised game. Please. It, 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 and it's stuff like that is what's going to be the end of Brady. It's his arrogance, it's his cockiness, it's the narcissism that narcissism that reigns within his brain is what's going to be the end of him. He's too damn cocky and stubborn to admit he didn't know what Dan it was, and then he's that much of a sore loser and a baby that he do not want to shake Nick Foles' hand out the, after the game. That is weak. I don't care when anybody says that COVID, again, COVID. My ass! I don't want to hear nothing about COVID when he's sitting up here working out with his teammates, middle of May and April. We're ever Americans stuck in our houses, can't go no damn where, and he's sitting up here uh, running, uh, running a practice with uh, with Gronk, Mike Evans, and 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 and, and Byron Leftwich calling the plays at some local Tampa Bay high school. I don't want to hear none of this COVID crap, please. And again, Bruce, he did not know the down. We're not stupid. When he stood up there, looked like a dumbass with a blank statue toward with four fingers up, like, like, like a second grade or like a two-year-old watching a new episode of Sesame Street holding four fingers up, he didn't know what down it was, plain and simple. And again, Brady, have the balls, show the guts, be a man enough to shake Nick Foles' hand. I know you kicked your ass. I know you're you're mad and you're all pissed off and embarrassed by it. Have the guts. Shake the hand. Quit acting like a baby. Grow up, Tom. You've been playing. You've been. This is your 20th. This is your 20th year in the NFL. 21st season. 19th as a start. 19th as a starter. Please, Tom. Six-time champion, been in nine Super Bowls. Grow the hell on up, please. You you want you want your kids to act like that? Essentially, act like a act like a two year old little baby because 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 the guy that because because they play they're playing a basketball game or a football game whatever it is and they sit up there and and they kick your kid's ass fair and square for the second straight time in a row and your kid essentially stomps off to feel like a like a two year old running up the tunnel because he's mad because such and such beat him for the second straight time in a row in front of everybody grow up Tom please grow up. Grow the hell on up. You're 43, not three. Grow up. And again, quit making excuses. He didn't know the down. He didn't know the down. And instead of trying to play it off or insult America's intelligence, have the guts and be upfront and honest and truthful with us, and say, you know what? Damn it, I didn't know the down. I had a brain fart. I forgot. It happens to. It happens to everyone at that age. My father's a year younger than Tom Brady. Happens to him all the time. What is Tom Brady so high and mighty cuz he's 43 years old playing in the NFL and what he drinks? He drinks uh grass juice and has a and has a cucumber sandwich before before his uh 4:15 weight session. Please take a break. Get to the uh baseball playoffs right after this. Welcome back to the Amateur Like T.I. TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the MLB postseason, and that is uh, Game Five to be in particular between the the only baseball game that was on on Friday night between the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. This series uh, went the went the full distance. The only series of the of the uh, league divisional series round. To go the full, to go all five games as the race took care business against the New York Yankees, uh, two to one. Mike Brosal, the same guy that was thrown at by Chapman on September the first up at Yankee Stadium and caused a major fracas, uh, and benches empty and just a complete hoopla, ended up getting the last laugh. And for the second straight year, Rollie Chapman gives up the. Gives up uh, the coup de grace that ends the Yankee season last year. It was on October the nineteenth of uh, twenty nineteen on a Saturday night. I remember because that was the night of my um, of my ho- of my uh, homecoming dance last year. And he gave up the and he gave up the walk-off home run to Altuve when he had help with the with the buzzer on his shirt, and he you know he didn't want anyone to rip off his jersey because he, uh, apparently his wife, who is uh, who is essentially a uh, a narcissist, doesn't like or a psychopath doesn't like to see Altuve with his shirt off on national television. So if you want to believe that, go on go on and knock yourself out, but. No buzzers, no Astros this time, and it is the Astros that indeed will take on. I'll get to the Astros in a minute that will take on the uh, Tampa Bay Rays in the post. Excuse me, in the ALCS in uh, in San Diego. All all the scoring in that game was home run. Judge hit a home run in top of the fourth. Austin Mills hit a home run to tie it. In the bottom of the fifth, and then Bros out hit a home run with two outs in the bottom of the eighth to give the Rays a 2 1 advantage. And they went on to win the game by the score of 2 1. Three runs scored in the game total, all three solo home runs, and six hits combined in the game three for the Yankees and three for the Tampa Bay Rays. Um, and I and I got something and I got plenty to say on the New York Yankees, okay? First off. Uh, the the Yankees the Yankees made their first mistake when they essentially tried to uh, surprise the Rays and give the Rays a quote unquote taste of their own medicine going with the opener in Game Two, which all it did was give the Rays tremendous momentum and essentially they let their guard down because the because the that's all Tampa needed all. Tampa needed was a minuscule amount of something to motivate them and that was good enough. Yankees lost game to whether it's whether it's Boone Cat, they're both in the blame. They're the New York freaking Yankees and they're playing and they're playing the same not and they're doing the same nonsense that's meant for teams like the Tampa Bay Rays with a, with a payroll of of 57 million dollars a year. So, which which drove the Yankee fan crazy? So it all went downhill for the Yankees where they tried to get cute in Game Two and, and try that opener nonsense and put in Jay Happ, who is absolutely abysmal in the postseason, to come out the bullpen and and, uh, and 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 try to mow down the Rays lineup. Okay, so it went downhill with the Yankees in Game Two. Now to Game Five. Okay, Garrett Cole. Okay who the Yankees are paying a nine-year, $324 million contract who they signed back in December, okay? Garrett Cole went in that game, three hundred twenty-four, $324 million. This man gave up one hit, one run, struck out nine, and he took him out after five and a third. Took him out after he went five and a third. This, along with many, is what's wrong with baseball. Not only does the big star, the big, the big pitcher, doesn't go into games late, but with the analytical nonsense, okay? When you're paying a guy over $300 million to pitch for you, and you're the New York Yankees, and you're playing a team that has essentially kicked your ass throughout this entire sixty-game season. You do not take him out the game when he has. Mu- I don't care if I do not care if Austin Meadows hit the ball to Qualcomm Stadium. I don't care. You cannot under any circumstances. And I know Chapman gave the coup de grace at the end, but you cannot, under any circumstances, take out a pitcher that's making $324 million a year after who struck out nine batters, gave up one lousy hit, and you take him out. You you can't do that. You're paying him $324 million. I don't care if Austin Meadows hits the ball to SoFi Stadium to to Los Angeles. I don't care. You cannot take him out the game after going five in the third with nine strikeouts and is essentially outside of that home run was unhittable. You can't take him out the game. Boone Cash. I don't know who to blame. You cannot take him out the game. You're paying him three hundred twenty-four million dollars. This guy is a premier postseason pitch. That's why you gave him all that money! And you take him out the game? Come on! You can $324 million? Five and a third and because he gives up a lo- one lousy home run and one lousy hit to Austin Meadows? You take him out? Really? I mean, and, and th- these are the New York Yankees. All I ever hear, 27 championships. We got more money than anyone in the, in the sport. Blah 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 blah. And this is what you all do? You spit the bed to the Tampa Bay Rays. Not just in the regular season, but in a best of five postseason series. You let the little old t- Tampa Bay Rays. Beat you in a playoff series, Yankees. Really, really. And it, and it makes it worse, the, ha, ladies and gentlemen. Do y'all realize this is eleven straight years since the Yankees have not, not not just have not played in a World Series. Did you know that? It has been 11 straight years since the Yankees have played in the Fall Classic. And let me give you these teams that have made it since the Yankees made it and won it in 2009. Outside of the Red Sox, and we won't count the Astros because of the the cheating and we don't know how, essentially how valid that is. And outside of the Astros and outside the Red Sox, who... Are the only team in the American League that pound for pound can reach the can beat the Yankees with uh, as far as money and payroll is concerned. Listen to these small and mid market teams that have made the World Series since the Yankees made it in 2009 the Rangers in 2010 2011, the Royals in 2014 2015, the Tigers in 2012, the Indians in 2016. The Rangers, the Royals, the Tigers, the Indians have all made it to the World Series in the 11 years from 2009 to 2020 since the, in, the, in the time span in the gap since the last the Yankees have been in the World Series. Again, the Rangers made it back to back, the Royals made it back to back the Tigers, and the Indians have all gone to the World Series in this 11-year drought. All mid- to small-market franchises, the New York Yankees, who are one of the most, uh, who, who are one of the most uh, valuable franchises as far as bottom line is concerned, and not just all of baseball, but in all of sports worldwide. They have more money than anyone in the sport. They have more history. They have more championships than anyone in the history of the sport. And again, the Rangers, the Royals, the Tigers, and the Indians have all been to the World Series in this Yankee 11-year run. Think about that for a minute. Think about it. The Royals, who stink right now, have been to two World Series in those 11 years, and they won one of them. The Tigers have been the one. The Indians have been the one. The Rangers went to two. Think about it. The New York Yankees have gone 11 straight years without without a World Series appearance. And four teams, all mid-market, or thereabouts, have made it outside of the Astros and the Red Sox, have made it in those 11 years. And the Red Sox have been in 2013 and in 2018, and have won them both. So the Yankee fan can pound his chest that he beat the Red Sox that were hapless in this season. They can pound their chest. They can say 27 rings. The bottom line is it's been 11 years since that 27th ring was won. Okay? A-Rod ain't playing shortstop for the Yankees no more. He's the owner of the Miami Marlins. Okay? The manager of the team is gone. The only player still left from a 2019 team, if I am correct, is Brett Gardner. CC retired. Mariano Rivera retired. Cano is a Met. Think about it. Four mid-market teams have all been to the World Series in the the Yankees 11-year drought. Think about that for a minute. And again, $324 million. I don't care if Austin Meadows hits the ball to the Manscaped Headquarters. I don't care. $324 million, you're Played all that money for him to pitch and perform in the postseason, which he did in that Game 5, by the way. Gave up one last hit. Leave him in the game. Boone, Cashman, whoever. You leave Garrett Cole in the game until his arm falls off or until he starts unraveling. One hit, which was the home run, is not unraveling. That's one bad pitch that he shouldn't have been taking out the game for. Let us continue. The Astros keep grinding. Astros took care of business against, their, uh, against the A's. We had a lot to say with Fires and the fight with Lariano, this, that, and the other. We got cheated out of a division title, blah, blah, blah. A's fold like a cheap tent like they always do in the postseason. The Astros were gritty, fought two for nail. They deserved to play in the ALCS. They, deserve, they, I give them that. They deserve it. Like Correa to shut up after beating the lonely about after beating the dopey twins. They never do a. They never do a freaking thing in the postseason. But they deserve to be in the ALCS. The Braves and the Dodgers move on. The Dodgers swept, uh, swept the Padres, and the Braves took care of business against the Marlins, who were not competitive in that series. So. There is your baseball: Dodgers and Braves will meet in the NLCS that will be played on Monday, if, if I'm not mistaken. And the Rays and the Astros game one ALCS Saturday, or excuse me, Sunday, October the 11th, going up against Game Six in the NBA Finals: Vikings and Seahawks Sunday night football. And speaking of NBA Finals, I'll get to that. Game five, don't go anywhere. Back after this. Welcome back to the T.I. TIS podcast. Switching gears now to the hardwood, and that is, and that would be Game Five of the 2000 and it's 2020, excuse me, NBA Finals. And uh, before we get to the Lakers, and I get to them in a minute. First of all, let's just give the Heat and uh, let's just give the Heat and the and uh, Jimmy Butler their due. Facing elimination, what a gusty performance. I mean, I think he rested for all about 20, 40-something seconds in that game total. Put up 35 points, 11 rebounds, 12 assists. Or, excuse me, 12 rebounds, 11 assists. Went perfect from the free-throw line. Um, went perfect from the free-throw line. Played excellent on defense. I can give you stats right here. Um, was, uh, how many steals did he get? He had... He had uh, five steals, a block, and uh, and again was perfect from the free throw line, and only and only uh, put and only put up three three point shots and made one of them. So and put 35. What an ex- excellent performance from Jimmy Butler in the Miami Heat who, yeah, if they've proven anything, and if you've paid attention throughout this series, is that this Heat is a gritty team, they're a gutty team, and they're not going to go away softly, and they're not going to go away easily, okay? This is a team that is going to fight and claw tooth and nail to uh, to make sure that their season is still alive and that they're still in it to win an NBA championship. So give the Heat credit to pushing this series all the way to a game six, which will be on Sunday night. Having said that, the Los Angeles Lakers, okay, the Los Angeles Lakers, 109-108, late in the fourth quarter, that has to be one of the worst possessions, one of the worst sequences at the end of a game I have ever seen in all of my years of watching NBA basketball. What the hell was that last possession? What what was that? LeBron now listen, LeBron James, we get it. He's an all-time great top five you can argue top three greatest player to ever late to ever a step foot on NBA basketball court. Definitely the greatest player of my generation but I mean, my gosh, and he doesn't, and, and I'm not gonna crash him and and destroy him. Uh, I, he's not he's not all at fault. But LeBron James, who granted, who every single time I turn around is goat. James, he's this, he's that, he's the greatest of all time. He's he's such a he's a closeout artist. He's this, he's that, and the other. LeBron James, Game Five of the NBA Finals. They've they've been sitting in that bubble in Orlando since mid July. Okay, he's got to sit up there, tell his teammates sitting there, and I know they didn't have a timeout to, so they can officially so, so they can organize the play coming out of the timeout. But LeBron James got to tell Danny Green, tell them all, uh, tell them all, tell uh, tell uh, Morris, everybody, listen. I'm LeBron freaking James. Give me the ball. I'm closing this series out. I will get us home, literally. And he did not do it. What he did is he took the ball, dribbled into the paint. I understand it was triple, quadruple team. But you can't tell me in today's NBA that you can at least attempt a shot attempt a shot or see if you can do something to draw the foul so they can send you to the line, bank two free throws, and the uh, and the and the heat got to think when no timeouts left. Got to think on the fly. Instead, what does he do? He passes the ball out to Danny Green, who was sitting there at the top of the key, three-point from downtown, wide. He was so wide open, it's mind-boggling. And the ball kiss it. It barely hits the rim. He nearly airballed the damn thing. What happens? Marcus Morris gets the Marquis, whatever his name is. He gets the rebound and LeBron James, who is wide open on the other side of the court. Why didn't it, with four, four why did why isn't LeBron shooting Why didn't LeBron James get the ball with 4.44 four and a half seconds left of a game five of an NBA finals? I got Danny Green taking a shot. Are you kidding me? This man averaged eight points the entire season. Why is he taking the last-second shot at a game five of an NBA Finals? This man aver- averaged seven-and-a-half points the entire postseason. Why is he taking a shot? Why didn't LeBron James get the damn basketball? With four-and-a-half seconds left, Yes, it was his fault. He should have went up and, and 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 tried to draw the foul. But when it was in, his teammates asked, why didn't you get LeBron the basketball, Danny Green? And Marcus Morris, what is he doing? He gets the rebound and decides to... The, the angle that he chose to pass Anthony has no chance of getting Anthony Davis being double, triple, quadruple teamed in the paint from the up a decent shot. While LeBron James is really wide open, he's practically in Jacksonville. He's so freaking wide open, and he doesn't even get the freaking basketball. You gotta be kidding me! That is one of the worst sequences at the end of a basketball game in the NBA five. That's just as bad as J.R. Smith. Why didn't LeBron get the ball? All they ever hear, LeBron to go. LeBron, LeBron, my man Ron, uh, uh, got my main man from Curly to LeBron to go because this, that, and the other. Ron, what? How can you explain the sequence of that game? Well, I understand there's probably zero to no chance of him making that shot, but could you at least put up, at least attempt it to see if he can draw the foul? And then his teammates didn't know what the hell they were doing. Get LeBron James the freaking basketball! It's the NBA Finals. sitting there to, trying to force a pass, that the, the play to Anthony Davis wasn't even there, LeBron is standing wide open with four seconds left, four and a half seconds left, wide open, and he decides to force a pass to Anthony Davis that had zero chance of being executed properly, zero And again, I got Danny Green, who's averaging in single digits, taking a game winning shot? With the NBA Finals on the line. With a championship on the line in the Kobe jerseys, with Kobe looking down from above from heaven. I got Danny Green taking a game winning shot. Really? And I, I, and I tell you something. Frank Vogel is he's he's no Pat Riley, ironically enough. He's no Phil Jackson. Instead of him going to the media and bitching about that, about Jimmy Butler, whether or not he got fouled or not, and I got a question for Frank. Frank, why the hell with an NBA championship online is Danny Green taking the final shot when you have the best player? Uh, top five, top three and the history of the NBA. He doesn't. He doesn't touch the basketball in that spot. Why is Danny Green set up to take that shot? Why, do you, honestly, why do you think the Heat left them so wide open? The man can not throw the ball off a boat into the Atlantic Ocean. Why, honestly, it just dawned on me. Why did? Why do you think the Heat left them open? He he can't throw the ball off the boat into the Pacific Ocean, for crying out loud. Yet he gets the ball. And LeBron James, the great LeBron James, why didn't he get the ball with four and a half seconds to go in the fourth quarter of an NBA Finals game? Explain that to me, please. That has to be as dumb as as asinine of a, of, a, of, a, of a bad possession that I've ever freaking seen. Why didn't he get the ball? I'm begging you. And I'll tell you something right now. If the Heat somehow, someway come back the tightest series ever in like three games apiece, I don't want to hear not a word, not a freaking peep about LeBron James' goat. That's nonsense. That, that, that is absolute nonsense. If they tie this up at three games, I don't care if, they, if the Lakers would win game seven on next Tuesday night. If the Lakers somehow lose lose game six against the Heat on Sunday night, I don't want to hear not one word from anybody, anybody, talking about LeBron James as a goat. Not one freaking peep. Not one. Not another word. Not a word. I got Danny Green who averaging in single digits in points in the postseason taking the final shot. You must be kidding me. You must that, that, that's that's inexplicable. Take a break back with the M Telegantias podcast right after this. yeah man So we back in the club With our bodies rocking from side to side 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 to side Thank God the week is done I feel like a zombie going back to life Back, back to life Hands up And suddenly we all got our hands up of my Ain't seen you before? I think I those eyes, 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 eyes. Tonight, Welcome back to the Amatellica TIS podcast. We'll get to week five picks and the only game that I care about this weekend, and that is um and that is uh the Bengals and the Ravens. We'll get to that in the last segment. Of uh, this weekend's program, but before I do, and I've been, I've been quiet about it for the most part, but I mean, there's nothing, I, I mean, what NFL wise, what else do you want me to say? I mean, all I, all you've been seeing, you've been paying a lick of attention is these COVID outbreaks with these NFL teams the Titans who have not played a game in about what, two weeks, something like that. Um, Stephon Gilmore tested positive. Uh, Cam Newton tested positive. You had a scare with the Saints, and you had a scare with the Jets. And it's just the NFLs. It's just been COVID all. Excuse me, COVID all over the place. And uh and I and I tell you something right now, here here is what I would do, make this a little interesting. But here's how the here's if I was the NFL, I'm not gonna bore you with the whole scheduling and all that stuff. I'll leave that to to other guy. I'll leave that to my man Mad Dog Russo to break down with the schedule. Me personally, I'm more interested in how the NFL can stop these COVID outbreaks if they want to save their season and not have it canceled or compromised because of COVID. Okay, number one. First off, you got to test these players and the team personnel on Sundays. They've been doing it as of late with these with these outbreaks. But when it came out that they would not test them on game days, I found it funny. I found it odd that they were not going to test these players on game day, which I find a little uh, bewildered, bewildering, or uh, you you know what word I'm trying uh, uh, a little confusing. I use that word more simpler. More confusing to say the least with the outbreaks. Okay, they need to be testing new players and the personnel on game days. That's I'm um, number one. I'm number two. Okay, it, yeah, and I know it'll be a hard time to to sign off on it because these guys got families, they got wives, they got children. They want to, you know, they don't want to essentially have to be sequestered from the world. A lot of the player in the NBA bubble, but it, these they got to the make now the now they make the teams. They have the team stay in the hotel even if they're even if it's the home team, they make the players and the coaches spend the spend the Saturday night before game day in the hotel. Well, what I think they should do is that for the rest of the season that's Sunday through Saturday, regardless what where they are who they're playing, they should be forced to essentially live in that team hotel for the rest of the season. I know it's going to be a hard grab because, again, the players have families and they don't want to be essentially sequestered away from them. But if you really if you really want to decrease the chances and cut the chances of them getting sick in half from an outside source, not within the organization, is that they have to be sequestered in that team hotel for the rest of the season. No con or, or... You have to, or if they're going to, or if you're going to allow them to, to be home, you have to. Make sure that essentially, when they're home, they don't come in contact. Essentially, when they're home, they're home. Okay, that you know, when they're when they're not at the facility, when they're not at the stadium, when they're home, they're home. They're essentially outside of uh, operating in NFL stuff. They're on house arrest. They can't leave the house, to go to the grocery store, to go to any dopey any birthday parties for their kids, no no weddings, no funerals. No, nothing. No shopping malls. No, nothing. They're essentially, if they're going to be at home, they're on house arrest. No, they they cannot have any contact with any outside parties, which means no throwing birthday parties for their children. No social gatherings with family members of any kind. So if you want to be home, you're essentially unless you're going to the facility or it's an emergency or something like that, you're on house arrest, essentially. But you can't leave. Unless it's the pra- to practice again, to the facility, to the game at the stadium, or to the airport. You're on house arrest. Third thing, they gotta be strict. They gotta be more strict on these spots. They've been awfully strict with the masks, with the draft picks, and everything else. They need to be just as strict with the with the spitting and the licking of the fingers. A la Drew Brees. Who I saw against uh against the Packers a few weeks ago, you know, who was drenching his fingers in saliva. This is after they came out in the off season, how he was going on about how he's gonna have to try to break that habit. A nice job trying to break that habit, Drew, 'cause every single time the camera's put on you you know, while you're under center, you're licking your fingers like it, like there's no pandemic. Like I have to be strict with that. Like guys, if you want to stick feeling on your fingers, I suggest do one or two things: spray your hands, spray your hands down with uh, spray your hands down with with the crap that they spray on the baseball bat, or that they spray on baseball bats. So essentially, the liquid pine tar, or or wear the gloves. Or wear the gloves, one or two. And you can't ah uh, that licking your fingers like like they're an ice cream cone. Yeah, especially when the cold and flu season's right around the corner. You can't have that. Yeah, and, and, you, and you can't have any spitting either, especially especially on, when you're on, when you're playing on the turf, on on the field turf. No spitting, no spitting, no licking at the fingers, no nothing. Anyone caught doing so gets gets fined big gets fined the big bucks. Okay, and number four, and this also cut down on, and this I think this is worse than, and I think this is worse, in my honest opinion, than uh, I think this is the in my honest opinion, than um, than uh, than than the whole mask ordeal. Okay, the players have to have, every, every single time I look, I see the players with their bare hands more often than not going in and out their mouth. And a lot of these guys wear these mouth guards that are essentially like Invisalign and are molded to fit their teeth, to the point where it's almost as if like it's like a liquefied model of what their actual f- top row of their teeth look like. Okay, I don't need to see guys keep, uh you know, picking with the teeth, putting their hands in the mouth, fooling with the mouth guard, with the with the free with the free, uh, with the loose mouth guard. Okay, all players, regardless what it is. They must wear a mouth guard that's strapped like the like they used to doing pee way. You know, we had to put that little strap that hook it to your hook it to your face mask. You gotta wear mouth guard that's strapped to your helmet. No more taking it in and out your mouth nine million times, spreading germs. Okay, that's that's the fourth thing. Fifth thing, every bench player must be obligated to wear a mask. Okay, unless you're unless you're started on that football team. You you must wear a mask. Bench players, practice squad guys that are invited to the silent and watch the games, you must have your mask on at all times. No excuses. The only ones that should be allowed to not have the mask on are the active players participating in the game. That's it. Number six, no hanging out, stalling around in the locker room before and after games. Get, as, as same with the practice facility. Saddle Seahawks, I'm talking to you. I go on Shaquille Griffin's uh Instagram story every now and again, and I see that he and, and his Seahawk teammates are having, you know, their Friday locker room dance parties after practice. None of that. You want to keep the COVID down, unless you're participating in football activities. You should not be. You should not be in that space. You want to keep as many people and the germs down as much as you possibly can. Number seven no and i've seen a lot of this and i know it's difficult because you know when you're even in public and you and people are asking you a question and you want to like raise your voice to get your point to to get your point across i i i've i've had difficulty with that myself and i know it's hard but you gotta keep the, but especially if you're going, to, if you're pissed, out John Harbaugh was about that clipping penalty and the money I gave him a couple weeks ago, or Belichick with the fumble thing with Mahomes on Monday. You gotta keep your mask on, especially when you get into the, if you want to get into the grill of the officials to uh, to yell and scream at them. You gotta you gotta keep the mask on at all times. Lastly, or excuse me, not lastly, the eighth thing. I got one more after this one. Players, team personnel, you got to use common sense. You know, you can't, you know, you can't be out and about. i I think Cam Newton and Stephon Gilmore were out, and that's how they called. It. You got to do better than that, okay? You want to eat at a restaurant? Order takeout. You know, don't, don't, you know, the average, you know, if the average citizen gets sick, it's it, it's bad. But but again, they're not millions of dollars on the line playing a football game, okay? You want to, you want food from a restaurant? Take it out. Eat at the house. You know? Uh, no no side chicks. Use common sense, boys. Use common sense. Because means because it they it, it's literally when I say in the league where they play for bay, that's what it is. You don't play the game, you don't get the game checked, period. And again, number nine, no pregame or postgame. This is what I was talking about, with the whole Brady piece at the top of the program. Okay, no pregame or postgame handshake adapt. Game ends. Two teams walk off the field in separate direction at halftime. So you can prevent the chances of an impra- of an infection. I lost Stephon Gilmore with the uh, Mahomes potentially. You know if a player that has it doesn't know it, or you know develop symptoms after they tested negative, or whatever. It just you, it eliminate it just eliminates that risk, clear and simple. That's all it does. Bengals and ra- Bengals and Ravens. Uh, is one hell of a football game. Uh, the line for the Ravens game, as well, I'll get to the picks to close out the show in a minute, is 13 and a half. I think that's way too. I think uh, I think that's way too high. Joe Burrow on that offense is just. I understand that you know. Now they've played some decent opponents, but that offense and I call me a homer, call me whatever you want. But I think the Bengals are going to do very y'all. I think, I think the defense will have its hand full with Jackson, of course, who's been spotty this week and is listed questionable with a knee, and he had a stomach illness early in the week, so he hasn't practiced all week long. I think Lamar will play, but the Bengals' defense will have their hands full with Lamar. But the offense has been, and the Ravens' defense, you know, you put the Ravens, I mean, what elite offense has the Ravens played this year? Cle, Cleveland was spotty week one. Week two, who they play week two? Week two, I think they played, uh, who they play week two? Uh, week two, they played, uh, God, I'm having a brain fart. Uh, the Texans' offense stinks. Uh, and then who they play the week before? Week before, they played Washington. So Washington, Houston, they stink. And then they had, um, and then they played the Browns, who took them a while for their offense to get out the mud. And I forget who they played. Um, I, let me look that up there just to be sure. Uh, who did the Ravens play week two? Again, like again, Mike Brady having a brain for it. But instead of being cocky and arrogant about it, I admit my wrong. I go to my handy daddy computer. I look it up. Ravens week two opponent was, survey says, Houston Texans. Okay, so I, okay, so it was the Browns, Texans, Chiefs. So the only elite offense that the Ravens have gone up against this year is the Chiefs. And they gave up 34 points. I think Joe Burrow protects the football, and I know Calais Campbell's going to recap but that's not exactly a Hall of Fame 2,000 Ravens pass rush the Ravens have. As long as the Bengals offensive line keeps Joe Burrow alive and gives him a chance to throw the football, the Ravens, at least the Bengals offense, should be in pretty good hands. I uh, I tweeted uh, JT The Brick of SiriusXM Mad Dog Radio. Think the Bengals win? He said no, but they, he does expect them to cover, and Mad Dog thinks that the Bengals offense will do pretty well. And Phil Simms, for that matter, thinks the Bengals offense will do well. Uh, on Sunday, uh, on Sunday against the Ravens. Uh, And I, but now me personally, I think the, uh, you know what, screw that. Week five, National Football League, woman, Bengals pick, well, here it is. Week five, National Football League, picks in the league where they play for pay. Carolina and Atlanta, Atlanta favored minus two and a half. I will take the road team. Atlanta stinks. I mean, if they, if they lose this game, Dan Quinn has to be out, no question. I'll take the road team and win this game 24 to 20. The Raiders and the Kansas City Chiefs, Chiefs favored minus 12 and a half. I will take the Chiefs to win that game 35 to 17. The Rams at Washington. Rams favorite minus eight. They make the trip east. Washington. They will try Cal. Uh, excuse me, Kyle Allen at quarterback this week, having benched uh, Deshaun, Deshaun, Dwayne Haskins earlier in the week. Uh, I think the Rams win that football game, twenty-seven to sixteen. Jacksonville and Houston. Houston, they finally got they got Romeo Cronell to man the board for the rest of the season. It's all on Houston now. I think Houston will win their first game of the season, 28-22, favorite minus six. Buffalo favored by a point against Tennessee, who I think will be a little flat having not played a game in two and a half weeks, whatever it might have been. Buffalo is a damn good football team. Josh Allen, top five MVP candidate, if you ask me. Buffalo will win this game 26-17. Arizona favorite 7 against the Jets. The Jets are pathetic. What else is new? Arizona get back on the winning ways and win that game 28-17. The Battle of Philadelphia. The Philadelphia Eagles coming east from getting their first win against the San Francisco 49ers last night, taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers, coming off of their early bye week because of the Titans' corona case. Pittsburgh favored by a touchdown, minus seven. Philadelphia is going to have their hands full with an offense that already has problems scoring as is. They're going to have their hands full going up against Pittsburgh in their defense, who's going to be motivated because they wanted to play last week and they couldn't. Pittsburgh win this game 28-16. The Bengals and the Ravens. Ravens, like I said, favorite minus 13 and a half. I will say the Ravens win this game by touchdown, 35 to 28. One shot, we know, if the Bengals came up with the upset and got the W. The Dolphins and the 49ers. 49ers favorite minus three and a half. I'll take the 49ers and win this game, 27-24. Jimmy Garoppolo also will be playing in this game as well. Just to give you a little tidbit with that. Giants at the Cowboys. Cowboys' favorite minus 9.5. Coming off of yet another brutal loss at home against the Browns. Giants still looking for their first win. and will have to wait till week six. Cowboys will win 35-17. Favorite minus 9.5. Colts. Minus two and a half against Cleveland. Cleveland had an excellent performance for the ages, outside of defense collapsing late in the fourth quarter, which made the game closer than what it was. Indianapolis was flat as a pancake against the Bears uh, last. Uh, it was flat as a pancake against the Bears last week. I think the Browns will win. Offensively, they were just terrible. I mean, uh, there's no other way to put it. Browns win the game, 26-24. The Broncos and the Patriots. Patriots favorite minus eight and a half. Coming off of their tough loss against uh, this game will be played on Monday night. They put this game as a Monday night game. They didn't decide to push back the original Monday night game between the Chargers and the Saints. This game will be played at about five o'clock in the afternoon, which is what? Two o'clock in the afternoon. uh, Denver time. No, wait. Uh, it's a two-hour time difference, so it'll be played at 3 o'clock Denver time, so it's essentially a Monday night, it's not even a Monday night, it's more like a Monday afternoon, Monday twilight football game, uh, since they don't want to, they didn't want to push back the Saints and the Chargers game, this game will be played on Monday night on ESPN, this was originally a CBS game, set for twenty-four twenty-five. they will push this game to ESPN, CBS will get I believe CBS will get the, uh, what game are, uh, What game is CBS getting on, uh, look this up. Let's see what game CBS is getting uh, on Tuesday night because I have it here. Um, I know they get a game on Tuesday night. It just isn't the Broncos and the Patriots. The Tuesday night game will be the Bills and the Titans. So they will make the so they will make the Bills and the Titans play on Tuesday night because you've had the COVID cases with the Titans who have not who's and they're and they're gonna be in for a heavy discipline from the NFL. They've been been COVID cases popping up left and right with the Titans, so that game is going to be pushed back to Tuesday. That's a CBS game, the Monday night game. At least one of two Patriots favorite minus eight and a half. They return home. Patriots will win the game 23-17. Vikings and Seahawks. Seahawks favorite minus seven. I've seen enough of the Vikings and the Seahawks on national television to last a lifetime. I will take the Seahawks win this game 37 to 24. Chargers and the Saints the actual minute game that game could be moved I think it might be already who knows to Lucas Oil Stadium because of the hurricane that's coming through Louisiana Um, Saints and Chargers Breeze and the Saints trying to get back to their winning ways going up against uh, Justin Herbert who has been named the official starter for the rest of the season for the Chargers Saints favorite minus seven and a half I will take the Saints to win this game 28 to 21, and those are your Week Five picks in the league where they play. Four. Hey, so that is your program. Thank you for listening. This has been a new episode of the Amatelica TIES podcast. If you are new to the show. Please subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter at the J Shield, and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at imatell underscore podcast, or the show on Twitter at I'm a tell it underscore it like excuse me at Amatel underscore it T-I-Is. Enjoy Week Five of the National Football League. Enjoy Game Six of the NBA Finals. Enjoy the baseball if you're into it. It's your boy J Shields. I'll talk to you. Next week, this has been another episode of the Amatelica TIU's podcast. Get registered to vote before it's too late, guys. Talk to you. See ya.